What's your dream? Everybody comes here. This is Hollywood. Land of dreams. Some dreams come true, some don't. But keep on dreaming. This is Hollywood. Always time to dream, so keep on dreaming. Before COVID-19, travel and tourism had become one of the most important sectors in the world economy. Accounting for 10% of global GDP and more than 320 million jobs worldwide. In pre-COVID times, business events from small academic conferences to giant trade shows like MWC Barcelona, which routinely attracted more than 1 billion participants each year. The pandemic brought these global gatherings to a sudden halt, emptying convention centers and shuttering hotels, impacting over 100 million jobs across the globe. Now, business events and tourism are unquestionably two areas of the economy that have been hit hardest by the pandemic. But as we all gather in Los Angeles now at Mobile World Congress, will there be a resurgence in business travel and tourism that shows that COVID-19 is finally in retreat? Welcome to The Great Indoors, a podcast where we look at the lasting technological changes brought about by the pandemic and how technology can potentially help solve the other challenges facing humanity. I'm your host, Matt Roberts, and joining me here in LA um, is a lot of people, a lot of support, including my co-pilot and producer, Larissa Yee. So today is the second in our special MWC LA episodes. We are coming to you live from Mobile World Congress Los Angeles. And over the last week, we have had a recording studio on prominent display at the event. And we've had some amazing conversations with some of the industry's leading figures. So in relation to my opening, in this episode, we will be speaking to several people who are directly responsible for us all being here this week. The Chief Executive Officer of GSMA Limited, John Hoffman, the Chief Marketing Officer of the GSMA, Stephanie Lynch-Habib, and the Senior Vice President of Sales for the Los Angeles Tourism and Convention Board, Darren Green. So I'd like to welcome you all to the great indoors today. So we're after, into the afternoon now of, of day one of MWC LA. I have to say this morning has been amazing. I've been so impressed. It's great to be back. So. The recording we're going to do now is with John Hoffman, who's the CEO of uh, the GSMA Limited, and Stephanie Lynch-Hobb, who's the CMO of GSMA Limited as well. So welcome to The Great Indoors, Stephanie, John. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's great that you're here. It's great that you're here. Now, the first thing I'm going to ask, and I know it's the slogan for the um, event, is how does it feel to be back? Well, you might have seen it written a few places, but... We're, we love being back to business, back to Los Angeles, and back together. And um, it really is just that um, John will be able to talk in great detail about the lens it took to bring convening back after the, after the pandemic. And this is our full circle loop of three major in-person events. We did, if you listen to this morning's remarks, we did MWC Shanghai in February, 17,000 people, MWC Barcelona, 20,000 people in June, and now here we are today uh, celebrating LA. So mm-hmm. it feels great. Yeah. It, it really is good to get people back together again. I mean, you know, humans have a, a need of, of being together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the pandemic has, you know, interrupted that need. And we see it, we've heard it, we feel it. 
people are happy to, you know, to be here in LA, to be convening again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still, you know, impacted by COVID. There's no doubt, you know, travel obviously from outside the United States is almost impossible mm-hmm. in, into here. So we became a regional event as opposed to an yeah. international event like we have been in, in years past. But still, it's a step in the right direction. And we're, we're thrilled to see all, you know, some known and some unknown faces that are now, you know, here in L.A. So we look yeah. forward to, uh, to continuing the tradition mm-hmm. and uh, seeing what the future holds. No, and it, it, it's great. It's a milestone. Um, it's a milestone for the industry here in North America, and it's a milestone I think, for all of us personally as well. And you're right, getting, I, I live in Canada, getting in and out. I've just been for a, a PCR test. All the things you have to go through is, is, uh, is a real pain. But still just looking around, the footfall, the excitement, uh, it, it's a real, real milestone. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on a great event so far. And I know we're only halfway through day one, uh, and long may it continue. Um, so let's, let's go back in time, 18 months, and let's talk about, I remember obviously clearly in March, no, I remember very clearly Barcelona having to be cancelled because of what was happening uh, with COVID, you know, gradu- you know, gaining more and more pace daily. How was that for the GSMA? How, how did you, you know, because no other, I don't think no other element of our industry has been hit harder than events, right? So how did you guys cope? What, what did you have to do to? So we made the decision to cancel uh, MWC 20. It wasn't even called COVID back then. It was coronavirus. We, yeah. didn't, we knew nothing about it. And we made the decision based upon um, one fact. Our greatest strength was bringing more than 100,000 people together from 200 countries and territories around the world. And that would become our biggest risk. Mm-hmm. We never wanted to be a super spreader. We didn't know what a super spreader was, but we didn't want to risk people's uh, health and safety. So we made a very, very difficult decision to, to cancel. And it was the right decision. I think that we can look back and a, a very hard decision. Uh, it was built or it was being built. And um, boy, it was tough. But yeah. We made the right call. No, I think so. I think so. And it, I, I think the thing as well that was, to me, that's when it all became real, right? Because you'd heard the news building. MWC Barcelona is the industry's biggest event, something I've attended for many, many years. It's kind of hard-coded into your, 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 your calendar. And then when that, that was when, I, personally, I was like, oh, my gosh, something is afoot here, to put it mildly. And what's happened in, in, since then? Obviously, over the last 18 months, there was this a lot of virtual things happening, what has the GSMA been doing to, to adjust to this new world? Well, obviously, we had to quick, well, a few things. From a, from a GSMA perspective, we had to quickly figure out what we were going to do in light of the, the largest uh, source of funding into our association not happening. So we had to quickly pivot and restructure ourselves as a, as a team, re, re, recalibrate our, our core priorities. Um, and, you know, more importantly, uh, you know, given the context we're here for the show, how do you pivot? And we quickly pivoted to an online event. Mm-hmm. And we did that for Shanghai in, in June 2020. Um, and I think it's really thanks to John who encourages the teams to be innovative and think out of the box, make mistakes. We just jumped into it and we jumped in with a piece of technology. Um, 
we had um, hundreds of thousands of people viewing content at that time. And what we basically did between then and the end of the year, because of course it was still evolving. We, you know, it could have gotten better after Shanghai. It didn't. Okay. Well then we have Los Angeles and then we have all our regional events and we quickly adapted to do every single one online, including MWCLA, as you, you mm-hmm. might recall that last year was online. And every time we did it, we learned a little bit about what worked and what didn't work. We tweaked the tech, we, t- we tweaked the content, we, we tweaked what the users and the personas liked and didn't like. And we had a really good idea on what we needed to build the hybrid experience for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things that um, people don't realize or may not realize is we've, we've been online for many years, actually. We've been broadcasting our keynotes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the in-person experience is, is much, um, much different. And when we pivoted, as Steph said, for our Thrive series throughout the year of, uh, of 2020 and early 21, we learned a lot of things. Learned that exhibition doesn't work online. It's really, really, really a, at this time a poor experience. We also learned that what we call networking, the ability to kind of get together, either yeah. you know small groups or one to one, really complicated. It's not as easy as it is you know having a coffee uh, or sitting in a in a in a booth like we are today. Mm-hmm. But we also learned that fifty percent of the people that participated were new, new to uh, a GSMA event and new to one of our programs, never participated before. So the reach was much broader. Yeah. And, uh, and that was good. And we refined, as Steph said, we refined over the year uh, 2020. And then we went back into a face-to-face in Shanghai in February of 21 as a learning, safe and secure. Yeah. We brought uh, you know, almost 20,000 people together. And, um, and we've, we've not looked back. Um, you know, yeah. Hybrid is what we're experiencing. And when we got to Barcelona, we had learned from Shanghai, and uh, now here in LA, we're taking all those learnings and, and making them, you know, part of our process. Yeah. No, and I, th- I think it was, you know, admirable to, to to put this event on when there was there was a lot of uncertainty still going on, and we we as a company had attended a couple of events, one completely face to face and one hybrid, the one in Denver, and the one in uh, in Seattle, Chet and Sharma's Mobile Future Forward. But this one for me was the, the big one for North America. And I think there's a real hunger amongst all our teams to, to get back. And I think once people get over the, the doubt, um, you know, the, 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 they're truly appreciating it. And it does feel incredibly safe. I must admit that we went to Big 5G Denver a bit like the Wild West and everyone was a little bit hesitant, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, but no, it feels safe. It feels great. Um, so... What now? So I, I always see this as the, the this is a pivotal moment. This is uh, a milestone. What's the plans for Barcelona come the new year? You expect something similar to how we pre-pandemic, or what, what's your thinking or expectation? Well, you know, I wish and hope that we would have one hundred and ten thousand people again, but uh, reality says no. It's it's not going to happen. Um, I think if we are you know north of fifty-ish thousand. What we've been very fortunate to do is maintain the quality. So we're going back to the core, going back to our core ecosystem. And the verticals, while, while we've had many, many, many of the verticals participate in MWC, LA, and Shanghai, and of course in Barcelona, it's going to take a while for folks to say, you know what, I, I need to focus on those events. Um, but we're going to go back to the core and um, 
We're really excited. The response has been very, very positive, very strong. I, I think, you know, we were, um, we were called crazy, maybe, Steph, uh, at times for getting people together uh, in June. But you know what? The ones that came, um, health and safety was number one. We conducted 10, well, we didn't do it, but our health partners, tens of thousands of, of COVID tests. Mm-hmm. Now we have vaccines. You know, we've got... Di- got the vaccine that is really really helping getting people together but but we don't we don't mandate a vaccine if mm. you don't have a vaccine that's fine we'll do you know we'll force testing and um and we can we're not beating covid we're, what we're doing is we're learning to live with it and i think also um we don't do testing but he's being a, a he's not he's not really saying that um he and and, and his team went to extraordinary measures to get the operational partners and that up and running, you know, and I think you, mm-hmm. if you, I don't believe you were at uh, Barcelona, but probably the number one piece of feedback was how exceptionally smooth and safe people felt. And I think already, as you were saying, compared to the other events, mm-hmm. we, we set the bar very high, so high that probably others wouldn't know how to replicate it. But then again, we're, we, we were in that period where, the vaccine passports in Europe weren't standard yet. It was really that mm-hmm. that that strange period, but um, um, it's a testament to the operational excellence of of the event, what it's known for. Yeah, you know, we were the first to cancel, and it was a big shock. It was a big shock to us, as well as our ecosystem and, and all of you know. People were people were prepared. They were on their yeah. way to Barcelona when we made that very difficult decision. Yeah, we also wanted to show leadership and leadership. Uh, to, to make the right decision. Obviously, we didn't know what was going to transpire, and our thoughts, hearts, and prayers go out to all of those impacted by COVID around the world. But we also wanted to show leadership to show a way to get back together again safely. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to develop new ways of working. Gatherings of the future may not look exactly like the gatherings of the past, but there'll be remnants. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's where innovation comes in. So. Yeah. We're really excited about the future. And I think you said it before, John, maybe we won't have the quantity that existed in the past, but we'll certainly have the quality, right? And I think one of the most, one of the things I've seen here so far is because there's less people, people are more accessible. I think that's a big, pos- a, a big positive. And I think the second one is people are more open to conversation. They don't feel as cluttered. Uh, it, I'm trying to identify the positives of, of, of where we are from, from 18 months ago. What positives have you seen as well? Uh, that's, that would be after the, the excellence in health and safety operational performance would be the second um, piece of feedback that we both felt as a leadership team and all of the attendees felt that they had much more quality time than they had in the past. And it's, it shouldn't be good or bad, but that is that is a, a plus. We were able to go to three or different, four different partners. We spent a couple of hours with each. Never in a normal Barcelona would we do that. Yeah, so yeah. sort of, you know, your run of uh, fifteen uh, meetings a day, you know, sudden suddenly gave you that quality time. It, it really is about meeting the right people. It's not a quantity thing. It's it's really a quality. Yeah, totally. Uh, and you know, one of the taglines of Barcelona has always been the place to do business. Obviously. LA as well and Shanghai, the ecosystem is a little different, but Barcelona was kind of the world's gathering. Yeah. I call it, uh, you know, sort of an international mobile holiday. It's on the calendar. Everybody, you know, knows about it. Everybody yeah. wants to attend. You get more done. We're expecting that to be replicated again in February. 
No, and I, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping so because I've attended that event, and not just with Amdocs, but when I was at previous companies, Motorola, Nokia, Vodafone, and I even used to attend the event when it was in Cannes, right back in the. Am I showing my age here? But it, it didn't seem that long ago. Uh, but that that used to be great. So I'm really hoping that it it uh, it picks up again, even better than before. Even you know with 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 the quality. So looking forward to the future. Now we're in LA. You have Shanghai, you have Barcelona. Geographically, will they remain the three hubs for these events? Because I love Los Angeles. I love Barcelona. I've never been to Shanghai, actually, so maybe I should try and do But what are your thinking moving forward with the, the locations for those three events? So we think that there is probably one umbrella event, one major global event, and, and we're in Barcelona through at least 2024. So we've got a few more years before we have to make that, you know, of what makes sense. Yeah. And, and then we have regional, well, they're, they're international, but more regionally focused. So, you know, we try to hit the Asia Pacific region in Shanghai, and then here in North America in LA. We also, we haven't talked about it, mm-hmm. but we have a great 360, we call it the Mobile 360 series, the M360 series, and, uh, and we'll go to um, you know, Latin America, Africa. We just finished yeah. a, a program in Moscow. Where else were we going to? Uh, Asia, Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. Right? So we, we, we run the microphone around for folks that are not able to yeah. to make one of our three flagship events. And yeah. that will continue. I think COVID has taught us you know, that a regional engagement is just as needed as, as an international. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think, you know, for, for North, North America is a, is a huge uh, region for, for Amdocs and, and the regionality of this event that certainly encourages more of our guys to get engaged. And so I'm going to ask this question. This is what I ask all the guests. This is a bit more fun now, a little less serious. It's great to be back face-to-face. It's great to be networking. Um, we'll be networking this evening. We were networking last night. We'll be networking tomorrow. But, and it's great fun. Um, but what, um, what have you done lately that has given you some feeling of normal, apart from this event, some feeling of normalcy and joy that you haven't been able to do for the last... 18 months for me it's uh it's getting back to the hot yoga studio which was closed for so long i mean and um i did it a lot at home but it's just like zoom or teams or blue jeans or whatever video platform it's just not the same so Mm -hmm. lots of joy yeah and john so mine's kind of the opposite uh i've traveled so much uh, over my career that being home was actually kind of nice and uh I've grown up with five kids and, you know, four of the five, I, I was gone a lot. And so this, now this fifth one for the last, you know, almost two years, I've spent a lot more time with them. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But here in LA, I'm on my third week of a, of, of an international trip. So, right. so, you know, the COVID era is slowing down. It's not, it's not eradicated, yet, but it's slowing down and we're going to, you know, we're going to find a balance. I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of the key going what is the balance? You don't need to do everything face-to-face like maybe we did in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not in the near term. So now finding that balance, what can I do remotely? What can I do in person and maximizing mm-hmm. it, uh, has been really good. Excellent. Well, I want to say thanks for the event this year. We're having a blast. We're, we're getting tons of value out of it. Great to be networking. Great to be back. Uh, and I want to say thank you uh, to both of you, not for just joining the Great Indoors today, uh, but for letting us bring it to Los Angeles. It's been a huge thrill for us. Can, can we bring it to Barcelona? This is really yes. cool. I yes. would love to bring it to Barcelona. Ah, that's really cool. 
we'll get you a good spot and yeah. uh, we can have the on-air sign. Let's do. And- yeah, brilliant. Well, listen, I've enjoyed every second of our conversation today, John, Stephanie. Thank you very much again. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in Barcelona. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you very much. And thanks for all your support. So my next guest today on The Great Indoors is the Chief Sales Officer for the LA Tourism uh, and Convention Board, Darren Green. Darren, welcome to The Great Indoors. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm pleased to join you today. Yeah, no. And um, how are you finding the event? Um, the event is actually um, surprisingly incredible based on everything that's happening. It's just uh, great to see people gathering. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, face-to-face meetings. Great to be back. Now, in your role as the Chief Sales Officer for the LA Tourism uh, and Convention Board, what what is it that you look after? What's the the remit of your responsibility? Well, the specific responsibility I have is to drive um, visitation for groups and events coming to LA. Mm -hmm. So really supporting our, our community with large events, whether it's a large citywide event that we use Convention Center or hotel meetings, uh, or events of different sizes as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's to really look at outdoor or outside visitors coming into L.A. on the group side that have meetings, that have events, that want to experience uh, Los Angeles. So right. that's our primary task. Right. And I think it's fair to say, and this is why it's really interesting to talk to you today, Darren, that no other industry sector on the planet got smashed as hard as tourism over the last 18 months, right? I think that's a a fairly non-controversial thing to say. So give me your story. Let's turn the clock back 18 months. What, what, you know, how, how have you dealt with this? What happened to the the whole LA tourism scene? What have you you seen happen since? 18 months. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's surreal that you say, cause it's been that long, but it's like, uh, someone, really gave us a gut punch. It, it, it came, uh, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it came so suddenly. And the way things happened were so quickly that we went from uh, going 100 miles an hour to zero in yeah. a matter of 30 days. So um, really having to look at, you know, what was allowed, what travel was allowed, really having to work with a lot of groups that had commitments and, and how they had to pivot and what they needed to do. So our role was to mitigate the groups that had contracted commitments to the center or to hotels and how could they pivot not knowing that they could not travel, knowing that they could not do their events. And our goal was to make sure that we worked with those clients and we worked with our hotels that were depending on those groups as well. Yeah. So we really had to work to shift to mediate. So we went more from say a proactive selling role to more of an account management role. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we really had to pivot there. I think the other thing is, is that just about all companies really had to look at the revenues and how we had to adjust our staffing as well. Oh, of course. So that happened with us, along certainly with hotels that weren't getting the visitation, along with other associations that, that weren't traveling. So everybody had to shift and pivot and I think change a little bit yeah. after everything happened. And, and when did you start seeing 
sort of the roots of recovery start to come back? Because obviously we're here face to face now. Right. Um, but when, when did you start to see some sort of light at the end of that tunnel? Well, you know, we started to see other states start to open up much quicker than the state of California. Right. So I, I don't want to say that was a false sense of security, but as we know, this has been very fractionalized in terms of the way different states have looked at reopening mm-hmm. and welcoming people back. Yeah. So, you know, while we saw signs, we were always cautious. We were always following the guidance of the state of California and really what they would allow. And one of the things that they did not allow were large gatherings or even mm-hmm. small gatherings because they looked at that as a, uh, um, uh, a prime opportunity for people to interact and the possibility of the spread. So we really had to educate our local community and our government on what we do and how we can ensure the safety because we know who's coming to the events. Unlike a concert or unlike other venues, we know who's going to come to the event. We can communicate in advance and we can really outline the safety protocols, but it really took a lot of education Yeah, because frankly, a lot of our government constituents didn't know what we did and how we did it. No, and it was, it, it was interesting because I was just speaking with Don McGuire of Qualcomm and when he said he started traveling again, he had to relearn how to travel again, how yeah. to pack his bags, yes. how to do these things. Uh, and, and it's, um, you know, we're, we're all getting back into that travel mode now. Uh, at, at this moment in time, how, how are things looking for LA tourism as a whole and events like this coming back to the city? Um, uh, overall, LA is one of the fastest growing markets out of the top 25. We have the fastest growing market in terms of visitation overall mm-hmm. uh, groups for us right now are coming back in small and in large numbers. Um, so we're starting to see it come back because I think people, whereas before they were hesitant about safety and I, I want to go back because we, first of all, have an agreement with clear. We were one of the first yep. GMOs or destination management organizations to have an agreement with clear. And I think they've gone ahead and spread their format, but This was an early partnership where we didn't know where this was going to go. And this is for vaccine verification. So at first people were hesitant because they didn't want to be that restrictive. They thought it might hinder or impact attendance for those who did not want to be vaccinated and attend an event. Yeah. So at first we started to see a little hesitancy as we opened up. I think as we've seen the Delta variant and other restrictions now, vaccines are pretty much mandatory in terms of a lot of the groups that are coming in. And I think it's a good thing because it's that added measure of safety of you knowing, or I knowing that everyone around me has taken that precaution. So that gives you that comfort to travel and to get together around large groups of people. Yeah, And I think that's it. Cause I, the, the first trip I took was at the end of August, early September. And I went to Denver, Colorado Uh and I hadn't traveled for 18 months. I live in Canada and I flew down there. Right. And it was really, and I'm, I'm going to contrast of coming to, to LA versus that. And not to be disparaging to the city of Denver or the, the great state of Colorado, but it was almost like the pandemic had gone and been forgotten. There was right. no masking rules. There was no vaccination guidelines, uh-huh. you know, and, and even trying to get a PCR test to get back to Canada, I couldn't find one anywhere. Right. So it was a, a really difficult first trip for me again remembering how to pack my bag and what do i do when i get on a plane aside <laughs> right. those protocols were, were really 
um, were really tough. But I, I, and, and but with coming to LA this time, like you said, the security of knowing everybody is vaccinated. I had to go and get my PCR test yesterday, so I can fly back home, and that was perfect, great, right. no problems, right up the road, right. Easy done. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing with the app now. So I'm familiarizing myself with with getting back. But I think this has been a great trip because it's definitely for me. I felt very much more secure with everything that's going on here. I, and I think that you're echoing what we have really stood behind. And um, we've said with the city of Los Angeles, with groups coming in, that we may not be the first to fully open, but we'll be the safest, most responsible destination that you can have an event at and where you can bring your attendees. Yeah. And we stood by that. Now, you know, I, I would say that, you know, I want to say that it's not always the most popular, but it's the most responsible. And I think that it's really gaining traction because as we see our groups coming in, they're coming in with confidence such as yourself. Yeah. And you mentioned something too, because we have the, partnership with clear, but we've also got partners that provide the PPE and the testing here in Los Angeles. So, you know, for a group that's coming in, not only can we look at partnering with clear to make sure we get vaccine verification, we can also offer on-site testing Mm -hmm. and PCR testing for those returning. So you really have one stop shopping for all of your safety protocols that are needed. You know, our goal is to make it easier for meeting planners, because if you think about this, when you budget for an event like this, you're you know budgeting to market and for the exhibitors and for travel. Did you really budget for PPE back then? Mm-hmm. So now you've got an added expense yes. that's also being incurred by a lot of the corporations and associations. Yeah. And as a destination management organization, we want to make sure that we're helping you out with that because it's hard enough with budgets being a little bit more restrictive Mm-hmm. travel being more restrictive, but we want to make it easy and also make it cost effective. for you. Yeah. Cause it is, it, it is actually very expensive. When I, when I was in Denver, I had to do this PCR test. I had to go 40 kilometers outside the city right. and, then pay, yeah. and then pay, I can't remember what it was, $350 for That's, this. Yeah. The time alone, it was like, Oh my God, this is, a, this is, this is a real pain. Right. But so, yeah. So I've been really impressed with, with how we've, with this event so far and how, it's safe it's felt how convenient it's been to get the the testing and, and everything done let's talk at an, another thing that i've noticed and i've heard from other people not just in the united states but around the world is you know as things do come back there's a a labor shortage right absolutely particularly because people have with tourism sort of almost stopping they move into into different areas and and it's yep. difficult to bring them back what are you seeing and how are you dealing with this? Uh, that's a great question. And I think one of the primary challenges and focuses that the industry has is workforce development. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's really looking at how are we replacing or bringing back these subject matter experts that really um, are, are driving our industry and also supporting our industry as well. But then you go back to general labor when you look at housekeeping services, when you look at restaurant servers, a lot of people either have pivoted. There's a lot of people who aren't coming back to work for various reasons. So the real challenge is hiring and finding enough people to staff, whether it's your restaurants, whether it's housekeeping, whether it's an event, 
it's a real challenge for a lot of our stakeholders, whether you're at an amusement park, whether you're at a stadium, whether you're at a hotel, yeah. finding people is tough. I mean, there have been incentives. They're paying higher wages. They're paying certain bonuses mm-hmm. to bring people back and to really staff so they can accommodate people. So you want to be able to open, but you also expect the same service. I, I'll tell you this. I've traveled a lot since, you know, travel's been opened and housekeeping is offered every other day or yeah. not even, yeah. even offered at all at some places. And my goal is to say, at least we want to let people know in advance. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know when I'm checking in that your restaurants aren't open. I don't want to know when I'm checking in that mm-hmm. uh, I have an option for housekeeping or I've even heard some people or some Hotels are charging more. So they say, well, you can get housekeeping, but you have to pay a premium wow. rate. Wow. So I think these are all things that we're going to have to understand with the new norm. And also, I think it stems from being able to bring people back into the workforce. And the other thing I would add is getting good services, things like that to the fore is a challenge as well, whether it's linens, whether it's simple things like stocking up. Yeah. Uh, you know, our ports have been a bit of a challenge yeah. and getting product into the hotels and, and, and offer to the customers is going to be a combined challenge along with bringing people back as well. Yeah. And maybe this, I, I always try and search for some positive in, 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 in these times, but when you look at the, the, the offering you the housekeeping, as you said, that's the, we can have it every other day. There's a light version we'll do for you, or there's a full version. Right, right. It's like, oh my gosh, we never had these choices before. But I always remember when staying in hotels, they would always offer you that green option. Yes. Right? Yes. You, we, we won't change the tiles every day if you put this on the door or You're something. Right. And there was a sort of environmental incentive. Right. Right. to try and discourage the same. Uh-huh. Maybe that, I mean, that's just, there is a positive from, from that side. And, and you're right. I think that what I want to do is be given the option. Yeah. And instead of saying that you, you can't have it or you're, you're given this restriction. So you're right. I think if we are thoughtful about it and you look at a green initiative, uh, there were some hotels that were offering points towards your frequent, you know, flyer states to say, you can give up uh, housekeeping and you'll get a credit or something along those lines. So I think if it's handled the right way, it can be managed with the current labor that the hotel is able to have to service the guests that are in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we also want to be concerned about this all comes at a cost. So if you're paying labor more, if you're paying more to get, you know, goods from the market and everything else, who really absorbs the burden of that cost? And that's a real question as well. Wow. It's, it is, it's, it's, it's really, and I think I heard, I've heard it several times you know, people refer to the great resignation and this huge labor shift uh, that we we've never seen in modern times. It's, it's really fascinating. Now um, the other question I was going to ask you, uh, Darren is when you look at the people that come to LA, typically what's the mix? Is it domestic and what are you seeing coming out or is it international? Right. Well, you know, uh, L.A. Is, being a gateway city, uh, we're excited because LAX is undergoing a multi-billion dollar uh, renovation expansion. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really targeted at getting customers in and out of the airport with ease mm-hmm. and a connector that we'll have to take people around to the terminals outside to a central terminal. And whether they're getting a rental car, whether they're getting mass transportation or it will connect people in mass transit to other yeah. parts of the city to also alleviate traffic. But really when you look at it, the international traveler is key to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stay longer 
and they actually spend more money and they're a great customer to have. So mm -hmm. when you look at uh, the, the Europe or you look at Asia Pacific, we are really, really dependent on that market. So we've yeah. had to shift to domestic because international travel has been yeah. somewhat, you know, you know, restricted. Yeah. It's been tough. We're happy about November 8th and, and understanding that yeah. there'll be an opportunity. But um, when you talk about recovery, I think the city and the city has done a great job of shifting to the domestic visitor, looking at staycations, looking at what we can do to activate mm -hmm. that. But nothing's going to truly replace the international yeah. visitor. Yeah. And we look at that visitor as a key to really a signal that, that we're coming back. In fact, we have a delegation right now in London uh, with Visit California that's right. getting a feel for the European uh, marketplace and the mentality and the optimism. Yeah. And I've had a couple conversations with uh, our team there and they're extremely uh, thrilled about the optimism they're seeing in London yeah. and in the UK. And I think what you're going to see is a pent up demand. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Roger Dow calls it kind of a, a spring back instead of a slow recovery. I mm -hmm. think once the, the doors are open and the restrictions yeah. are lifted, hopefully you're going to see a surge of people that have been, I want to say died to travel, yeah. but literally. No, no, I mean, and that is precisely where I was going with that question yeah. because obviously I'm, I'm from the United Kingdom, but I live in Canada and I can come to the U.S. because of, right. because of that. But all my And, and just recently too. It hasn't yeah, been that long. Exactly. Yeah. And all my friends in the U.K. have canceled over the last 12, six, seven months trips to Las Vegas, trips to L.A., trips to Florida because they can't, and New York, because they can't get in. Right. 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 And there is definitely that pent-up demand that I think beyond November the 5th from the United Kingdom, they're desperate to get off that island, I can tell you. Absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned LAX earlier, and we had gone on a tour with our, our, our leadership team. It was kind of eerie because um, they built the additional terminal, the midfield terminal, and it's not occupied. You have these gates, you have clubs, you have a brand new building that it's not busy there's you know so once that comes back we're ready for it yeah and you know they got everything from the facial scanners and things like that to make it easy to onboard yeah. and to get on board all the safety precautions are there it's just a matter of when you know when yeah. is that travel coming back so yeah. we're ready for it I, yeah. I know our venues and our hotels are, are ready for it yeah but still we have to make sure as you said earlier that we have the workforce and that we have the staff and we have the options available, but I think we're getting there. Yeah. You know, there's each day we're making really yeah. great progress there. And I think this event in itself was a significant milestone. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. For, for our industry and also for giving our employees and our teams the confidence to get back out there. Uh -huh. Right. Cause people are hesitant, like we said, right at the beginning and you know, all of these things slowly, but surely we'll head into the right direction. Oh, and I, and I think that this sets the right example. You know, we've been fortunate in L.A., going back to our safety protocols, but we've been able to maintain uh, the large portion of our citywide conventions that are coming in between now and the year. Mm -hmm. And what's even more optimistic is we've booked quite a few of these large groups for 2022 already. Mm -hmm. So people are ready to come back. Now, are they kind of going to pack with the same size? That's what we got to look at. Uh, the GSMA and the Mobile World Congress here, unfortunately, you know, they're down significantly in terms of attendance, you know, well over, I think, about 50%. But a large part of that is impacted by the international travel. So mm -hmm. when you look at a conference like this, look at how much they depend on 
you know, Korea Telecom's here. Yeah. But look how much they depend on China and Japan and Samsung, companies like that yeah, yeah. that can't quite travel yet and how it impacts a, you know, a conference like this mm-hmm. is because you need to have that connection with what's happening globally mm-hmm. because the 5G, the mobile platform is a global platform. Yeah. So I think that this is the start. So you've got to set the example. And I think the GSMA is doing it and they're doing it well. I mean, for what they've got to work with and how we've had to pivot as a center and a destination, yeah. I, it's all been very positive. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we're almost out of time, Darren, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Um, It's great to get a different perspective and this is a a really enlightening perspective. But one question I'd like to ask all my guests, um, and it's more of a personal thing, that we talk about COVID being a retreat, we talk about returning to normalcy. We're all here face to face and talking about what that entails. But what have you done personally recently that you haven't been able to do in the last 18 months that's given you that that (laughs) joy, that feeling that things are... (laughs) Well, I've been able to travel quite a bit because you've got to get out there and tell people the message that Los Angeles is open for business. Uh, We're safe for business because if you read in the media or publications, you're going to get mixed messages. Nothing beats face-to-face meetings like we're doing right now. It's where you do business. It's where you make a personal connection. Personally, I've got a lot of industry colleagues and friends that I haven't seen in so long. So when I go to these events, it's a great to re I think reconnect with them because we're all sharing similar challenges. And Mm -hmm. I think that when they say never let a good crisis go to waste, what this done is really galvanize the industry. So I am collaborating much more with my other sister cities. So whether it's San Diego or Anaheim or San Francisco or Denver, Seattle, we're all in it together. Whereas we used to kind of compete and we still do, but we all realize that it's an industry opportunity as well. Yeah. But I do want to say that one of the reasons I love traveling is I love what's happening with our city. So when you look at the fact that mm-hmm. we're the host of the Super Bowl coming up next February. And I, I love that new stadium. Oh, the stadium yeah. is amazing. The SoFi Stadium is the, yeah. I call it the eighth wonder of the world. It's about incredible. $5 billion. It's yeah. amazing. But we got the Super Bowl. We have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. We've got after that the College Football Championship. We've got the World Cup coming. And then you look at 2028, where we'll be the host of the Olympic Games yes. and the Paralympic Games for 2028. So LA's got such a bright future. And you look at all the venues from the Academy Museum to the Lucas Museum to all of these other venues opening. Um, it's such a great story to tell. And yeah. I'm so really, truly lucky and blessed to be able to be part of a great city like LA. So yeah. when I'm traveling, I'm, I'm traveling with a great message of positivity and, yeah. and excitement. Well, the old adage, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? <laughs> exactly. And let's hope that the last 18 months, that absence, people return uh, and it's better than ever. And, and I think that people are going to be that much more appreciative yeah. of, of what we've got and the ability to come together. Yeah. Whereas you took it for granted before, now mm. you're going to really cherish. And I think you're going to maximize that time more. Yeah. Because to say that I'm not traveling maybe as often or I haven't traveled lately. So I know when we connect, I want to make sure it's a meaningful connection that we're doing business and we're going to make it beneficial. So when I go back to the home office, I'm saying we did business, we did deals, we got things done. And that wouldn't have happened had I not been able to travel. Yeah, Brilliant. Now, listen, Darren, I've enjoyed every minute of our conversation. It's been fantastic. Thank you for joining the Great Indoors today. Thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure and uh, wishing you the very best for the upcoming year. Excellent. Thank Thank you. you. 
So, just more great conversations with John, Stephanie, and Darren. I want to say thanks to them for visiting us today. Uh, I'm I'm already looking forward to Barcelona. I'm already looking forward uh, to visiting another great city and having another great event. And I'm hoping that this brilliant event in LA will be a milestone, a turning point for a resurgence of in-person activities. We do need them. Though it may take some time, and as the great Winston Churchill once said, this is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end. So please subscribe to our podcast on all the usual podcast channels. Leave a review or rating if you feel so inclined. It certainly helps us. Check out two other Amdocs podcasts that are brilliant and available now. The Future of Tech with Abishai Charlene and Points of View with our Chief Marketing Officer, Gil Rosen. Again, visit our new and improved website, amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors, where we have an amazing cornucopia of assets related to the series. Now, we'll be back next week for another Los Angeles special edition of The Great Indoors. I'm Matt Roberts for Amdocs in LA, and have a great day wherever you are.